Welcome to OSRS. Hello, hello, good morning. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Kavina. And today we're going to be discussing our experiences in predominantly white suburban neighborhoods. I'm here with my friends, Tesh. Hi. And Doralee. Um, and all of us grew up in the suburbs, except Evangel. Evangel went to a city school. But um, yeah, so we are all first generations here. Um, all of our parents were immigrants. Uh, how did they speak to you guys about race or did they at all? I feel like when my parents talked to me about race, they always told me that I just had to work 10 times harder than everyone else that I went to school with because of how I was portrayed and how it's easier for me to get judged because of how I look. So they're very heavy on just making sure I always did my homework on time, always like gave me tutors. Like they really like, they really pushed the idea of I have to work 10 times harder. I went to a private school and it was predominantly white out of like, it was a small school. It was like 300 kids, 400 kids. And Mm -hmm. then all of them, there was like probably like 10 black kids if anything and like they always said to me like every morning like my dad used to drop me off to to school every day and every day he was just like you need to like like you have to work harder like da 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 like or it's just it's not like they're gonna look at you differently they're not gonna respect you they're not gonna give you the respect that you deserve because you're black like you have to show them that you're you're just as smart as as them if not smarter every time like you have to it was very it was it was something definitely um that they pushed on me from an early age for sure and my sister for sure mm-hmm. um to jump in real quick Tesh do you think like yes obviously like they told you that you have to work harder because you're black but do you think a lot of that was influenced by their past being immigrants from Haiti I mean for sure like I feel like every day I feel like every I can't speak for other posters but I know for sure Dorley can definitely agree with me it's like every Every time they always give you a big seal how they, they walked miles to go to school and how it's not the same for us and like how we they had it so hard and how they just want the best for us and every, I mean as they should, like which is great and I love them for that. And like but I feel like like for um for children for, for of immigrants, it can be kinda hard sometimes because the expectations can be very can be very harsh. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like it is out of love. I can't say it's not out of love. The pressure can definitely can definitely be a lot, a lot because yeah. you you just want like all you want to do is just you want to you want to make them happy you want yeah. you want to ex- like you want to excel past your parents like, like that's the goal like, for me it was like it, it's like the same they, they didn't necessarily talk to me about like because I was black yeah. but it was like they worked hard to get me to where right. I am so I have to work hard too they really didn't talk about it like you know like social justice issues and stuff like that but how old were your parents when they immigrated here my parents were. My mom was in her early thirties, right? And I my feel, dad mm-hmm. too. And Tash, how about you? She was younger, right, in her teens. Yeah, my mom was earlier. So my mom okay. came here in high school. Actually, I think she came here. No, no, no. She came here in middle school. Oh wow! She, right. Yeah, she came oh. here in seventh grade. I think she. Yeah, she went to Miami in seventh grade. My stepdad, he came here a little older. He came here in his um twenties, like his. When he was like 22, yeah, 22, 23, he was pretty young. Yeah, uh, I feel he like... He went to college here, yeah. Oh, wow. I feel like um, the age that your parents immigrate to this country matters about the conversation about race. Yeah. Um, because like Tesh was saying, like when your parents immigrate at an earlier age, not only do they get to experience um, 
America being an immigrant, but they also experience America being black and growing yeah. up black as well, For which sure. may be different from uh, other parents who like immigrated at an older age. So like they only experience being in America like as an immigrant while their child is the one who experienced growing up black, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's why you didn't get that experience, Kev. For me personally, my parents, they immigrated at a young age. And my dad was heavy, heavy on social justice. Um, both of my parents were raised in New York. And New York was a really bad time back then, and especially with race and everything. And yeah. being... It, they are they were so proud. Like, there were a lot of rumors um, about Haitians specifically. Um, and, like, Tess probably knows this, too. Like, there was rumors, like... Uh, Haitian spread AIDS and all that yeah, stuff. So a lot of too. a lot of Haitians would go down to um, Washington D.C. and like they like paraded, not paraded, <laughs> protested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same thing in uh, New York and stuff. So I think my dad and it was mostly my dad doing that yeah. stuff. So he at a young age. I mean, I, when I was a young age, he was very like, oh yeah, like Black Lives Matter. Like yeah. not even just Haitian lives. I mean, that was a very big part of my um, identity, being Haitian, yeah. but also like being black. Like I was like, I was. I remember vividly. Well, I mean, not that vividly, cause <laughs> shit. But sorry, <laughs> I, was like, I was like six years old. I was like six years old, and this man was telling me about like Emmett Till and all these other um, stories about black young people yeah. who literally got. Fl- not flex um who got disrespected or hurt or raped or killed because they were black Mm -hmm. and I learned this at an early age which is why I think I'm the person I am today and they made it very like known that you are black like especially my dad like he was like Mm -hmm. yeah bro like you are black and you need to learn how to maneuver in this world because if you go through this world thinking that you're not different then you're gonna get you're gonna get um caught up like you're yeah. it's not gonna be good like you have to understand that this world they put you in inferior stance like they look at you lower than which is why you need to prove to everyone but mostly to yourself because it's at the end of the day it's really proving to yourself that you can be better because yeah. if you have that mindset that you know because you're black you're not going to go anywhere in life then that you know that's not a good mentality yeah. to have i'm very civil rights and justice oriented like I, I I love to do work in that stuff and it's something that um I get in like it's something that actually interests me so yeah. like when I'm in school you know I like I take a lot of criminal I took criminal justice classes mm-hmm. and even though that wasn't my major it was the only classes that I actually paid attention to and I actually liked because that's the type of work I like to do like I yeah. like criminal justice and I think it's because of my upbringing and it wasn't just my dad who um who had that like that imposed on me it was also like the media as well like mm-hmm. i'll never forget like the trayvon martin case i was literally yeah. 10 years old that was the first like even when my dad was telling me you hear it as stories but when mm-hmm. you actually live through it it's like damn like this is real so even though yes my dad was telling me about like there's injustice in the criminal justice system there's there's all this stuff it wasn't until that case when i was like yeah like this is real like yeah. this is racism is real systemic racism is real and i saw it right in front of my eyes that's crazy george zimmerman you know yeah that whole situation i woke a lot of people up right me too like that was the first time i actually thought about it 
there's so many over the years and i think it was finally like the george floyd case that woke up the entire nation Mm-hmm. just kind of yeah. sad if you think about it which is sad like, it, it, is was, like, it was so recent like there's right. been so many cases like before there's always going to be cases it's just crazy how it was it was him that really woke people up I don't know why and I think the reason why is because of the pandemic because no one was doing anything That's so true. more people were able to not only get exposed and see it but people were actually able to act to like really they were actually able to go too. protest on Act the streets that's another thing, like work and all that other stuff. It keeps you from when you're too tired to think about that stuff. You kind of like let it be. Exactly. And people have lots of time. What's the earliest memory of a bad experience because of you know <laughs> the fact that you're black? Um. Well, I so I said earlier I went to a private um, Catholic school growing up from preschool to sixth grade. It was in Bedford. I already said it was like predominantly white, very white, and. Yeah. Um, I have this very, I think I've told Dorley about it. I don't like talking about it because I was bullied at that school. So I really, there's a lot of stuff that's happened to me, but I really keep quiet about that part of my life. But there's this like one incident that like stucks, like is like stuck in my head. And it was, um, I was, I was like fourth grade, fourth grade. Yeah. Fourth grade or fifth grade. I was, I was, I was young and I was in science class and I forget the name of the teacher, but he, so I remember I spent like, we, we were reviewing for a test and like I remember I spent like all night studying for it and so because he the day before he like we were talking about the test and like I gave one wrong answer and he like he made this big deal I was also the only black kid in the class I've always been the black kid only black kid in the class and like he made like this big like he we were just doing review for the test and like he made this like big thing because I said the wrong answer and he was like why you guys need to study but like every time another kid said the wrong answer he was like oh like it's okay it's okay but like with me, mm-hmm. I just made this huge ordeal and like, like exaggerating. Yeah, and like that night, I like I studied all night, like da 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 da. Like I knew the material from the back of my head, and then like he asked um, another question like the next day when we were doing review for the test, and like I answered, I was the only one with my hands up, mm-hmm. and I knew, like I literally knew the answer. And he looked me dead in the eye, and he was um he said that is there anyone else I would have liked to answer this question? Oh wow like looks me dead in the eye I'm the only one like there was like what 20 kids in the classroom only one the hand up high like smiling excited to, like tell my tell my teacher what I knew and like he like completely like just destroyed that and like ever since then like I literally like I never answered stuff in the class that school was always like low-key kind of racist like well, let me not say low-key it was, it was racist to me yeah but like I was still young so I'll be honest I guess I didn't really like comprehend it if that makes sense mm-hmm. like what it what it really was uh, but, like, yes, my, yeah. but like my parents definitely like saw what was going on and everything my mom was like more like she wanted me to be in the school because like you know it was a private school she was like good oh, education it look better like better education it really is not that it's not the case honestly. it's not I, it's I, really I, not the no. case i feel like a lot of parent like a lot of immigrant parents especially think like private school means better school it really isn't like you get the same education it's just it all about the name honestly mm-hmm. it's way more expensive too Mm-hmm. and then my dad was the one since he was like my mom worked more my dad was the one really seeing stuff because I was always getting trouble at that school for no reason like over the stupidest things like there was another incident like so at the catholic school like the dress code was very strict yeah and one of the rules were um girls couldn't girls could only wear stud earrings right mm-hmm. and so I remember like I feel like every girl had like their Claire phase where they always got like the big earrings and stuff. For sure, yeah. And I remember like my grandma got me like these small little um, gold hoop earrings and I wore them 
but they were like very small like honestly like practically could be study rings like, like a baby small. hoop yeah yeah, like baby hoops nothing crazy and i wore them in like the one of the english teachers i she was always she always like was targeting me she would like she screamed at me and she like said like you never followed the rules that i done and then she literally walked me down to the principal's office made me call my mom my mom had to come in and say that hats and how i got a detention and everything wow and like made this whole big ordeal but then this other girl i literally remember this this other girl named sydney wore these big like um like like fluffy earrings like these huge ones Mm -hmm. and then the same teacher looks at her and says oh my god like those are so cute wow and everything and it was just like it was just crazy as i said like i really didn't understand like why were they doing that? Because I, w- I was young. Like, I really didn't get the concept of race, like, racism, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, my dad saw it and, like, yeah, like, he always wanted me to get out of the school. And it wasn't until, like, fifth grade. He was just like, this is, like, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't really uh, transfer. Yeah. Thoroughly, what about you? Yeah. Wait, so I kind of have, like, two. Mm-hmm. So um, the first school, the, when I grew up, I grew up actually in public school. I grew up in a fairly diverse uh, city until I moved to Arlington which is a predominantly white town so I'll give two examples so when I lived when I uh, went to a city school like a public school in um, Cambridge yeah um me and this girl like I was like in fourth grade and at that time like I was I was culturally competent like I knew what you know I I knew the vibes you were woke (laughs) yeah I was woke I was a woke little 10 year old (laughs) and so me and this girl we will always be beefing like she was a white girl and it's because we both wanted to be the top of the class like competitive type but like I was never really in a competition with her I just I just like like to win on my own like you know like to do things my uh how do I explain this like more in like she was always in competition with me but I was never in competition with her if I wanted to do good, it was simply for myself. It wasn't to show out on her. Yeah. So me and her were always beefing. Like we, she hated me. Like we never liked each other. And <laughs> nope. you know, obviously, I'm not no simp. So if she wants to come at me, I'm gonna come right back. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the teachers never saw that. They never saw her antagonizing me and her trying to push me down. They would literally see me reacting. It was always me reacting. It was never yeah. her pushing me to yeah. that point. And I won't lie, you know, I, I was a fresh little little kid. I still am. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, I my reaction probably was bigger than her. Yeah. And she would always be crying. Like she'd always cry. Yes. And then so I remember one time I got called to um, the teachers called me and I'm looking at her crying. And I like I said, like my dad is someone who, who had a big impact on me as a child. And I literally look at her. And I was like, listen, my dad told me that you have crocodile tears. <laughs> and I said this in the middle of the meeting because I was right. Like, and these teachers, they're trying to sympathize with her and everything. But it's like, yeah. w- what, is, what is there to cry about? This girl's literally trying to bully me. And because I'm sticking up for myself and have a reaction, I'm, I look like the bully. Yeah. And I feel like this narrative, like, it gets pushed on a lot of black women. And that's why we get called the angry black woman. Yeah, and obviously at does. that time no one's going to call me an angry black woman because I'm 10, but they're going to look at me as the trouble kid, the yeah. one who causes trouble, the one who always reacts. And then you start to grow up and then you realize, you know, that's something that gets 
pinned on you throughout the workplace or like in high school or in college or etc so I got to experience that at an early age but a lot of these you know women I mean some some white women or just some people in general they try to victimize themselves and make it look like it's someone else that's attacking them when people are just reacting like there's a difference between reacting and attacking if you attack someone they have every right to react exactly so but no, when but I was yeah. in the high school, oh, <laughs> were they? Because mind you, like at the end of the day, like I still was in a public school. I mean, I I went to public school my entire life, but I was yeah. in a city school. Like I was in a town school. Like, I was still in the city. So like yeah. even though those teachers, yes, they had like you know their biases. There were still other black kids in the class, other races. So it was it wasn't that bad. Like, it was I'll diverse, never, yeah. right? It was still diverse. Like, I'll never like, remember yeah, it as never like, felt weird. Like yeah, I never felt weird. I just you know like sometimes it's just that's just the way it is type shit. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. sorry. You already internalized, <laughs> right? I already, you know. But when yeah. I was in high school, and I was the only Negro, that's when I was like, "Hey, yo, this is really crazy." So, Arlington High, bro. Yeah, Arlington <laughs> High. When I when I first moved to Arlington, I hated my life. Like yeah. I was like, that was severe depression, bro. I never yeah. felt so alienated in my entire life. Like I literally was the only black person. And yeah. like obviously, you know, there were friends like Tesh and there were like other like black kids here and there, sprinkles in the yeah. ice cream. You know, <laughs> <Once> sprinkles. <laughs> You'll never be in your class. Never and Tesh was never in my class until like junior year. Like, you know, I literally was the only black person. Mm-hmm. And some of my classes, and I remember vividly, like, in, in I went to science class, and, like, it was my second day, like, they, it was their second day of science, because the first day I missed it, because I didn't know anything about the schedule, like, it was so different, I had no one to talk to, to really, like, teach me, like, what happened, so I just missed the first day of class, and the second day I went, and everyone already, apparently already had their friend groups established, damn. so I, I was like, damn, and yeah. another issue with Arlington is that, all them town kids, they all went to the same middle school. So they all, they right. grew up with each other since they were like five years old. And basically yeah, family. Right. So. And so it wasn't, it wasn't like, like Cambridge. And I feel like other schools, I mean, other cities were like, there's five different middle schools. So they all meet in high school. So you get to have that experience of meeting new people. But there's not no, the case. Yeah. Arlington is not the case. There's one middle school, which gives you one high school and everyone from middle school knows, you know, so you already build those friend groups. So I was in yeah. science class and I, and I sat at this table with the lamest girls of my life, bro. And they're all like, I can't, they completely dismissed me as a person. I was like, bro, I literally felt so, like, you know when you feel like an alien? I know we've all felt like that before. Like, you just feel like, you feel like you really don't belong. This is not it. I had to leave, I had to leave the table. I was like, bro, I cannot do this. Like, this is, this is so awkward. And like, for the first couple months of at Arlington High School, I was looking at other schools in different states. I was looking at other schools in like <laughs> just anywhere. I was like trying to get away. To just trying to leave because like when you feel like you don't belong, like that's one of the worst feelings. And I yeah. never felt that until I went to a predominantly white school where it was just completely different. And then their their narrative on black people was so skewed. <laughs> skewed. Trash. Like Trash. they told me I never even knew to, I don't know if you can put this in the thing, but it doesn't matter. But I never even knew Tesh, like, when I first went to school. And I was friends with these girls. I was, like, you know, getting to know them. And they used to tell me that Tesh was ghetto. Oh, my God. And I'm like, 
so I was, I was thinking, Me. yes. <laughs> and if you if you guys knew Tess, like you, bro, she's not for the her, podcast. Her like she is the least ghetto person, <laughs> right? Like Shirley went to school like, in, in private school, bro. She's not ratchet. She's not ghetto. None of that. Please, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the only reason why they called her that is because she wore braids or like you know because no, like that's that could be the yeah. only reason. So yeah. When they told me that she was ratchet and ghetto, I was actually happy. I was like, "Period, another one." Wait, yes. like, <laughs> no, because like, mind you, like I, like I grew up with girls like act like that. Like those are my friends. Not, not mm-hmm. trying to like you know, ghetto and ratchet like has a negative connotation with it. But yeah. like, but when when they people. called when they said that, I was like, okay, she's in touch with her black side. Like they're not white type like that. You know, they're, they're not. She's not. I. She's not whitewashed. So I was. Yeah. Ha- I was excited to meet her. But when I met her, I was like, yo, like, they, they were chatting. No, no, this is not to anything towards Tesh. It's just like, they it's were not, chatting. Yeah. Like, they were literally surprised. lying. Very yeah. surprised. I was, I was so surprised. I was like, this girl's not, has, she's not ghetto or ratchet. And it's just like, their perception of us was so wrong. Yeah. Like, they, any anytime a black girl would express themselves or, or their hair or anything, we were considered ghetto and ratchet and, like, different. And this is something that I saw throughout the all four years um, at high school. But I was like, wow, like just because a girl wears braids or just because she has a different hairstyle than you, that doesn't mean that she's ghetto or ratchet. It's exactly. just a hairstyle. And like the way that they would like, there would be boys saying, oh, look at your weaves. And I'm like, bro. And this is something I experienced in. That's in a, the one. Yeah. I experienced this in a predominantly black school too. Like when I was in middle school and in but I feel like it's elementary. Not the but it's, like the it's, voice not, it's not the same, but it's still like, we, I don't know. Cause this is more about PWIs. So I don't want to talk about how black people affect black people. Cause we can talk to that for days, but like just hearing those white kids talking about some, you have weaves. This is braids. This is extensions. Ho. Like, this, like, this, no. this ain't no weave. It's just the ignorance. Exactly. That's just what it is. It's just the ignorance is just crazy. You know, how many times there was this, I'll never forget this chorus freshman year of high school. There was this kid. He, um, I was talking to my other friend and I had, I was talking to her about my hair and that because I was about to get my hair done. And I was, she was, she asked how much, she was generally asking me like how much it was cost. Like nothing, like nothing, like no ill intent. Like she was generally asking me. So I told her. And then he, this kid goes up to me and he was like, oh, like your hair definitely doesn't cost that much. You definitely get it off Amazon for like $20. Like he, like he, he looks wow. at me and says that to me. Wow. And I'm, I'm looking at this white kid with ugliest white kid in my life. <laughs> like, ashy everything. Worst hair of my life. Telling me that my hair cost $20. Like it, right. it costs no more than $20. And it's just like, no, I you got sat so there for angry. Plus I got hours. so like I looked at him. I'm not an angry person, but like that just really it just irks me. Like it irks like, me because it's just the ignorance. Words. It's yeah. the ignorance, and it's yeah. not even the ignorance. It's also not even the like the intent to educate yourself on that. It's just like also like not even the ed- like it's just rude. That's just what it is. It's just plain rude. Like you don't it just is. say that to someone, and it's right. just like ignorance. And it was just like it's crazy to see how some white people who are like they always say oh ha 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 it's just a joke it's just a joke it really isn't a joke to us mm. it isn't like you can i can tell when someone's joking like i know when someone's joking that's not a joke you're 
you're just teasing me and it's just, just really mean. ignorant yeah and it's mean and it's just like i don't know and the funniest part is now looking back on it i wish my hair was 20 dollars. you feel no, me no, I no, no, like 300 like, right? like shit i really only... wish it was 20 dollars from amazon shit everyone be getting their hair done every week let me tell like, you every week bro every but, week I just want to comment on what Tesh said, like, when she said that, you know, she wasn't an angry person, but that irks you. I feel like at an early age, or, like, depending on, like, how you learn about race and who tells you about it, it can really make you an angry person. No. Like, I feel like a lot of my anger, especially as a child, was because of all the things I've heard and all yeah. the things I saw regarding Black people it is okay to be angry and it was okay to feel defeated because this is something that we've seen our entire lives. Like it's trauma. Like there is generational black trauma. Like when I watch movies about slavery or movies about the civil rights movement, I get angry. Like I I get angry and I feel like this is an anger. And then a lot of people, you know, it, it really depends on the person, but I will not lie. I was an angry child and I did, I really disliked white people. I disliked them with a passion until I actually went to Arlington High School and, like, actually realized, damn, I, you know, I have to, you know, you have to be a part of it. Yeah. Right. But because, I, I, I was angry. And, like, I, it's not to say, like, I never bullied white kids or none of that stuff. It was, like, I wasn't angry at anyone specific. I was just angry in general. Mm-hmm. Because you grow up, you, and then I was, like I said, like, my dad is someone that, who, who really, like, kept, kept it unfiltered. Like, he sh- I saw pictures of Emmett Till at a young age and like I'm not saying wow. like oh this is this is stuff like you know I'm not going to show my 6 year old that but like this is just to show like it's good to be educated when you when you have when you have um this stuff unfiltered to you it changes the way you perceive other people and I used to be a child I'm hearing every single day different stories here and there about how white people are literally killing and raping and and you know hurting Using. all my people like my mm-hmm. people for and nothing i have to sit here and be okay with it like a kiki mm-hmm. haha right and it really makes people angry that's why a lot of people like you have to be you know emotionally intelligent and really in keen with your emo- emotions to really realize like you cannot act on your anger yeah. But when you see you when you see and you feel people who who go outside and express their anger, and yes, a lot like even the George Floyd incident, like some people who were there rioting, they were just expressing their anger, and obviously violence is never the answer. But sometimes, like it's debatable. you know, when you're I mean, honestly, angry, that's debatable. It's gonna but... come out, bro. It's just gonna come <laughs> out. you know what I'm saying. It's gonna come out like you can't a lot blame of people who, who doesn't like you know. Right, mm-hmm. like sometimes that's the only way that they will hear you is through violence, right. and like that's that's its own debate. I'm not gonna say who I agree with and who I don't, but at the end of the day, like anger is a powerful emotion, one of the most powerful. Yeah. So when you give us, you give us movies about black trauma, we feel black trauma, we hear about it in school. What do you expect us? How do you expect us to feel? Mm-hmm. So, as I grew up, obviously I was able to have that you know emotional like that 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 waking up where I cannot hate white people because at the end I cannot hate my my teacher for something that happened you know like you you just have to be able to differentiate you know evil from people who are just (laughs) part of part of like the issue it's like ignorant versus versus right 
So Where? that's something I had to grow up with. But a lot of people are still angry and they still harbor that anger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really... <laughs> That's an individual thing where you have to really realize, like, damn, I really can't be angry. But, like, yeah, no. You like, got to figure out a way to channel It's it. not that easy. It's not that easy to just wake up and be like, you know what? I'm going to forgive every white person for everything that they've done to my people. Yeah. And aside from anger, like, sadness is one of them, too. Like, I, I try not to watch that many black movies anymore because I literally physically yeah. cannot take they're it. all the same it's they're all, all it's just all sad it's just like it's, it's us like getting a, it's all the same thing and like it's i can't true. lie here like that's sad like bro it is it literally got to a point like um it's I, don't know, re- I couldn't watch anything related to like police violence none of that like i couldn't i couldn't see but it like, i was just too guys. and like i feel like during covid like whenever because i was protesting a lot like yeah. I was in a lot of protests and like that really put in perspective for me because like it's just like damn like who's next like mm-hmm. what if like you know like my dad could be next like my little like my little cousins could be next like and it's just yeah. like I think, like it's like you really start thinking about like who is next because like not even just black we could be next all that's of us could be next. any black person any person of color can really be next it's true and that's really scary to think about it's just like during COVID I feel like definitely a lot of black people were thinking about like damn like could I be next like exactly. this is a scary time like it's very scary and I feel like some white people kind of brush it off it's just like like it that doesn't happen to everyone it's just like who what makes you think that's not gonna happen to me and it's like not even just that like but then there's also the prison system and then there's also oh that's a whole other discussion (laughs) exactly (laughs) there's also education in like inner city schools and stuff like that it's like it's so much it's so much shit and i feel like a lot of people you know like we we were saying like they brush it off because of their lives are so busy like yeah. they, they're dealing with their own individual everyone's dealing with their own individual trauma so imagine now we have to deal with generational black trauma mm-hmm. it, it, it's a lot to handle and it's never start. it doesn't stop like, it doesn't it stop because you're always going to be black for the rest of your life mm-hmm. so continue i don't know when but we'll keep seeing people getting you know killed and all this other shit killed imprisoned etc and bro so i have a question for you guys so mm-hmm. i feel like we all went to at one point we all went to a white school so do you think when like do you think when you start going to the white school like all this stuff that you were because i feel like all of us definitely have heard some racist or just some not okay things do you think you found yourself kind of just like brushing it off at some times just because you just didn't want to you just didn't want to deal with that at the moment like you just didn't want to deal yeah listen yeah like am I making like do you guys understand what I'm saying of course Mm -hmm. yeah because I feel like me because like I I've been going to white schools like I've never really been to a diverse school yeah I feel like from an early age it's sad to say but I kind of learned how like I can't get angry at every every time someone says something racist or something says something prejudiced you know because I I'm like I'll actually go crazy like I'll literally go insane like I'll actually go insane and yeah. I feel like it's sad for me to say, but it's just like... And you'll be alone, too. You'll be right? alone. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. And it's just like, it's sad, but I feel like, you know, black kids who go to predominantly white schools, they have to adjust to where they are. Yeah. Though, all the white people I went to Arlington High with, like, the few black people I talked to, like, they, they can all definitely say the same thing. They all had to adapt to the white people because if they acted a different way or how they actually are, we're going to be called the ghetto people. We're going to be called, like, ghetto, ratchet, yeah. all this stuff. And, yeah. like, I don't want to be called that. I'll be honest. I don't want to be called that. And I just, you know, I settled 
for that and I, I, I literally yeah. to adapt to how they act because I was so scared that I had no friends I mean I definitely cared about having no friends back then now I could care less but like then like growing mm-hmm. up like I wanted to have friends I wanted to have friends to like sit with and like yeah. I wanted to have friends to like hang out with and I feel like if I didn't act like them or if I just brushed every single thing because I've heard some crazy things and yeah. I've definitely heard like a lot of stuff that definitely hurt me throughout the years but I kind of just brushed it off because I was just like damn like it, am I gonna sacrifice like my peace just every single time I hear exactly. something like I'm not like because it's just gonna feed into like the angry black girl because mm-hmm. I will I do I that's that's what it's gonna become end up to it like is. I will become the angry black girl in some situations it is you sacrificing your peace but honestly, like, after hearing it, especially you, Tess, I feel like you just became numb and desensitized to it. No, I did, for sure. Yeah, like, you just, it's, instead of, like, it's, like, oh, like, you can choose what you're gonna do. I feel like, you know, a lot of, every time, like, you're in a situation like that, in a PWI institu- institu- institution, like, you just become numb. Like, you're used to it. You're just like, used to it. That's so it just, messed up. Yeah. Right, it, it just happens. For me, personally, um, I never really had that much interaction with white people even at predominantly white school because like even Tess can tell you like I still stayed in my own lane like I I, was, I wasn't messing with the white people and I was I'm not even trying to be like that person but I really wasn't like I was to myself because like just mm-hmm. not only was I in a predominantly white school but I was a new girl like I wasn't gonna sit yeah. here and I, I I really made no friends in yeah high school. <laughs> I, have, I have more friends Me on, too. On my list. yeah I feel like I was really her only right so yeah, I can count I, on my one hand how many people I actually liked at the schools exactly. that I went to so there were really no microaggressions for me like that because no I wasn't talking to anyone mm-hmm. so I didn't really I didn't need to hear it but um I feel yeah. like growing up you need to have like yes like at some certain point it's like I'm not your teacher I don't need to sit here and teach you about all this all those history lessons about what black people go through because at the end of the day you are like I'm saying this as an adult perspective you should learn teach this stuff to yourself. It's like, your if choice. Comes up to me talking about some oh like I want no you go educate yourself the same way I had to educate myself. There's plenty of resources. Exactly. They weren't teaching me about this in school, so I learned it on my own. You can do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And this is from an adult perspective, because um, like I said, I'm not getting paid to be anyone's teacher, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I am. Yeah. In school, that's different because there are teachers who literally should be teaching children about biases and just critical race theory yes and all that free justice all of that they -hmm. should be teaching you that but like listen we already we have no faith in the in the educational system go Mm -hmm. teach yourself they're literally currently fighting over whether or not they should teach that shit in school whole time it's like necessary for our society to to progress like we need it but the other thing is like why should i teach you you should want to get like exactly you should, you should right. want to know like if i'm not gonna teach someone that doesn't want to know like why would i like you have like no you have to have the want to do it mm-hmm. if it's not there then like i'm not you know it's true because there's really some people that are just like they just, don't like, care like that and if they don't care i mean who am like you're your own person for the day who am i to tell you how to feel how to act right. but like right. i'm not gonna stay here and want to talk to you that's my choice yeah mm-hmm. i feel like if a person like I, I have some white friends and they come to me asking about my opinion and you can just tell when it's from a genuine place. Like they, yeah. they, they do want to know, like yeah. they want to know how, how you feel, not just because you're, because you're black, but also because they're your friend. Like they mm-hmm. actually feel for you. Mm-hmm. But if it's just some random like on the street, who's like, yo, teach me about 
And oh, I'm please. like, no, like yeah. go, go learn it. Yeah. Go learn it. And then if you have questions afterwards, I can give you those answers. But I'm, I shouldn't be the only one teaching you because I don't know. I'm black and I don't know everything. I yeah, have literally. So black people who don't even know a lot of things about their own history because they they just relied on the information from their school systems which we already know is trash especially worse in predominantly black areas yeah so a lot of black people don't even know about their own history it's so true black people don't know about their own history what makes you think that white people who are literally the opposite are gonna know so mm-hmm. that's why the people have not just white people not just black people but um people in general need to know about their history because black history is not just black history it's american history this happens to america not just to black individuals it happened to the country exactly and ignoring it is not helping at all we had a huge role but yet they kind of downplay it it's crazy Mm -hmm. like we we built the monuments we built so many things there's so many people in the in the history textbooks who are probably black but who got whitewashed by history yeah Literally. And I mean, so all the textbooks are whitewashed. What is um, a moment in, cho- in your life where you were kind of, you know, anti-Black, like sellout type? Or did you even have that moment? Like, Dorley, I know you you grew up pretty pro-Black as a young kid. <laughs> so did you have any moments where it was like, uh, maybe Black card revoked? I wouldn't say anti-Black, but when I started to realize that all not like not all black people are are kings and queens bro like you know i support black people but some some of them are dumb i can't even count <laughs> i learned this i actually learned this more um growing up so there are there are a lot of factors when i realized that like not all black people will be on your side like there were there will be anti-black people and there will be yeah so i'll explain a little bit so mm. I'm like I said, I'm Haitian American, but as a Haitian, you know, there's three. I there are three different types of Black people. There's Africans, there's mm-hmm. Caribbeans, and then there's Black Americans. There's probably more, but those are the top three that I would con- categorize Black people as. Yeah, this is not a category I made up. Disclaimer, okay? Like this is just something that <laughs> Real we thing. have learned over over. Yeah. So Experience. you growing up in a Caribbean household. You, you hear the conversations about different types of Black people. You hear them talking about other Black Americans. For and then sure. you hear them talking about Africans. Mm-hmm. And it's like, obviously, you know, all, not all of them are in a positive light. Yeah. Sometimes they're, they have very, very... Dorley sugarcoating it to the max. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm really sugarcoating it because, you know, Tesh knows... There's, I, I feel like it was probably worse as our parents were growing up, but there is, you know, there's definitely like a little feud. You start to become more aware of like the different cultures and the different types of Black people. And then you start to realize the different, so that's just uh, cultural wise. Then you start looking at locations and start mm-hmm. realizing that Black, some certain inner city Black kids might be, have a different mindset than suburban Black kids. And I realized this when I was in Arlington High School and I would have other black kids who are probably even lighter than me tell me I'm not black. Yes. <laughs> so I, this is not a coon moment for me. This was a coon moment for them. Yeah. Because yeah. you grew up, yes, I understand that your house, so in our specific school, we have a METCO program where inner city um, children come to suburban schools for a better education. So these are kids who have been in that suburban education system since they were in kindergarten, since they're five years old. So hearing them tell me, and they they probably, just because, yes, their location was an inner city, it doesn't mean 
just because of where you're from doesn't mean that you're more black than someone else. What does that mm-hmm. mean? What is what is being more black? What what's the what's exactly. the meter? What's the meter? So it would be <laughs> other and it would be other black kids who probably some of them I would ask them about okay, so a lot elaborate. Like, do what what do you know about your history? Like you telling me that you're more black than me, okay, go ahead. Oh, mm-hmm. because when I go home, I hear gunshots. Oh, that makes you more black because you heard pow pow. <laughs> like, you know, no, like, it's, it's just like, why do you have such a connotate, like um, a connection with struggle? Why does black equal struggle? You and know, that's so what, you're more that's black what they because see. you struggled more. That's the whole perspective. Exactly. And then mm-hmm. black people start to internalize that. It's just like, you start to realize like, yo, like, not all black people are really for you. Like there's so there's certain um situations where black people will move up and go to you know might live in the suburbs or they might just do something good for themselves. And you have other black people who want to see that person fail. Yeah, they're not trying to lift you up. They want to see you fail, and they actively do everything in their power to <laughs> to want you to fail. Haters, yeah, they're haters. That's like um, so. What is I it? wouldn't say I I had an anti black moment. I have seen over time black people be their biggest enemies. Yeah. Black people don't know how strong they will become if we if we come together. No, really. Really. We could be yeah. some of the strongest. We could people. do some damage. We could do some damage, but the thing is we have too many cracks in our system and our own black communities. Like it has to start with the education. Like if education isn't doing what it's supposed to do, you're gonna have all of course not everyone's going to be able to like, you know, accept it and understand it, but more people will, and that's the goal. Right. And sometimes I, you know, you, you start to get disappointed. You 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 feel for them because it's like, yeah, like you didn't have the education. Mm-hmm. but like sometimes it's like damn like why do you have to be so ignorant about certain situations yeah. like why can't why i'm i'm trying to sit here and like sometimes i really sit there and like i try to educate someone about you know what, what like about the situation like when they were telling me i wasn't black enough i was i, I tried to go deep in the conversation I'd be like all right like let's actually talk about it but mm-hmm. when you have them keep saying the same thing over and over again and they don't want to listen to you it's like okay that's i'm again i'm not your teacher yeah go learn on your own like yes i understand we're both black but you are not listening to me so therefore i'm done yeah yeah like you have a you have a higher leniency because you know you see them as your people so you want to be able to help them and teach them but at a certain point it's like yo if you're not gonna listen to me then i can't teach someone who doesn't want to be taught so i think for me is i've never i definitely i don't think i've ever had like an like an anti-black moment but i've definitely adding on to doorly like i feel like i feel like sometimes black people can be their own enemy if that Mm -hmm. makes sense and i feel like growing up I've always had people say like, Tesh, why do you, why do you talk so white? And adding on to like the Mexico kids, like it was a really big issue at our school. Mm-hmm. It was actually a very big issue with the kids who actually lived in Arlington and the kids like from Metco. Yeah. And it was always an issue of them telling us saying like, oh, you're not black enough. Like you live in Arlington, you live in a nice house, like your parents have money. Da, 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 da. It was always, it was always like that. And that used to irk me because I used to think that was insulting. I always thought yeah. that was insulting toward like, why is it because... I sound white that like I like I try to present myself in the best way and I try to speak like in the best manner that that's white that's mm-hmm. insulting because you're actually you're practically saying that black people don't sound proper they like they sound ghetto that's what you're trying to say like you're trying yeah. to like you're, you're literally feeding into the stereotype of how we act and I always thought that was insulting because I thought it was crazy how they didn't see that as insulting 
Like, Dora, yeah. do you agree with me? Like, do you guys mm-hmm. agree with me? Like, I always found that crazy how, like, you didn't see that as insulting. And mm-hmm. I feel like adding on to what Dorley said, like, Black people, like, we could, like, we really could rule this world. Like, we all, <laughs> like, we really could. But it's just, like, black certain Black people are stuck in this narrative of where, of just because of where they grew up, that's where they stand. That's where they, yeah. they're meant to be. And that's why Black people cannot like they can't grow that's why certain black people cannot grow they can't leave where they are i guarantee you a lot of black people are gonna look at me like why are you saying that about us and it's just like you can't tell me that's not true i see what you're saying like you cannot tell me that's not true i think it's the case for a lot but definitely some people if they're stuck they're stuck. stuck they really are stuck i'm just saying like you know we need to get that narrative out of a lot of people's heads that's the narrative that's bringing a lot of our people down and i'm I think another thing that is on top of that is people don't like change. It doesn't really no, matter where they're you're comfortable. From. They're comfortable. Yeah, he, a lot of people just don't like change, regardless mm-hmm. of where they're from, whether they're high class, lower class, middle class. They just don't want to move. Move in general. Mm-hmm. People get comfortable. So when when people who are born in uh, lower class situations, they they weren't just. Um, they move there on purpose, you know. No one, no one moves to a lower community just because they have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because they want to. Sorry, they do it because they have to, or they're born into it. So yeah. when you see, when you see generations on top of gender, a lot of these like inner cities and hoods or whatever you want to call them, they have people who are who they have their grandpas there, their grand grandmas, like you know, the, the whole generations family. after generations after generations. Mm-hmm. So when you see the same thing over and over and over and over again, you think, all right, that's it. You're comfortable because everyone else in your family was comfortable. To be the one person in your family that breaks that general curse is a whole lot of pressure. I'm not saying someone can't do it. I'm just saying it's a lot of pressure. And if you don't have the mindset, if you don't have the strength to be Mm -hmm. that person, then you will be part of that cycle. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily, I feel like at a certain point, you have to you can't blame someone for where they are you can un- you have to understand it because i feel like specifically like other when we talk about this a lot of people will try to see it as it's just black americans who don't have this drive who don't have this strength and i say this coming from a caribbean household because i've heard a lot of caribbeans say that it's black americans who don't have the drive and the no, yeah. it's a big thing and yeah, I, for I sure. say the same thing a lot of people within our and within caribbean and black uh, caribbean and african households have been immigrants or were born to immigrants mm-hmm. so when you have an immigrant parent or grandparent etc they give you that push you're like listen like you're not really from america like you need to do better to be in this country so mm-hmm. we already have that drive and like putting us at a young age because they of our parents so they think that because you know a lot of black americans like like i said they're black americans they their generations and generations are from here they didn't really come from anywhere else if unless you consider slavery but that was you know 500 plus years ago so they they grew up here so they never really had that push or that drive by their parents who are like listen like you need to do better because you're not from here because they were always from here am i mm-hmm. making sense no yeah right. so when you have generations on top of generations who are so comfortable in the way that they live mm-hmm. you can't as as coming from a caribbean or an african you can't be like oh like these people don't want to do anything they're lazy because that's yeah. why you start to feed into that black people that that narrative that black people can't come together because you're 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 talking down on them instead of going da- going back and trying to uplift 
those people okay. not because it's not just black americans in hoods it's not just black americans in the cities it's haitians it's jamaicans it's Ghanaians. It's yeah people, it's other types of people yeah but when because we have that um that separation within black people they always want to show you know what it's not us it's them that's that's just the way life goes in general the, the white people do it the the spanish people do it mm-hmm. asians etc it's always it's always them not us so yeah. even black people do it. It's always them, not it's all. It's, it's always the Africans, not the Haitians. It's always mm-hmm. the Caribbeans, not the you know the Black Americans. It's 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 everyone has that narrative, and it's important for us as Black people to break that. It's not. Yeah. It's not it's, there's no us in them. It's just us. It's all of us. When one Black person fails, we all need to lift that person up, not just whoever that person is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why my MLK side is coming out. You y'all got me passionate. Oh shit. <laughs> I like it. I like it. coming out. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so me and Tesh were born and raised in white neighborhoods. But Doralee, you grew up in a more diverse neighborhood. What was that like? Um, so where I live specifically in Cambridge, um, it was one of like a it was still uh public housing, but it was one of the most well off public housings in the city of Cambridge because like there were worse worst areas. But like even that um situation where like us versus them like I was saying before so where I lived I lived on the top of the hill and I on the top of the hill it was it was definitely like some of my neighbors were a little bit more well off they were black and they were like mixed it, it was a diverse more diverse community and as you started to get to the bottom of the hill it was strictly black people like it was just like it was the negroes <laughs> so my parents like growing up my parents didn't want us down there like that we were always on the top mm-hmm. like of the hill And it just goes to show, like, you know, black people, like, a lot of black people have that internalized fear that another black person is is bad. Because there was no reason, as I started to grow up, like, I was, you know, when I was in middle school, that's when I started really hanging out with people down there. But it's just like, why were my parents even thinking that in the first place? These are regular people. This is like, we all live in, and the thing is, we all lived in the same public housing. Like, Mm -hmm. the only thing that was different (laughs) was the location. Yeah. But we all lived in the same, we all had the same, like, Mm-hmm. company that that's, owned us. that's okay, another thing i see about about, <laughs> about immigrant immigrant parents is they really they v- really value proximity to whiteness mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they really <laughs> Everyone that, bro. <laughs> like a lot of the things that they value is like good and right it's it's about being white less like black people out. standing yeah, out yeah, yeah. The white people are the ticket out, bro. They oh, are. Yeah, bro. I'll be looking they at them. I'll be like, yo, y'all some coons. <laughs> no, yeah. Coons. The they amount of be- times I've heard you, like, you have to, like, you have to act like, like, white people are the, are, are going to get you successful. Like, you have to be friends with them. Mm-hmm. You have to do that. It's just like, that's crazy because. It is. Why don't you want me to be doing, doing that with art people that look like this? Like, it's always the white people. But yeah, man. What was the question? Oh, yeah. Living in white neighborhoods. So, yeah. You ever but felt like um day, you didn't belong? Oh yeah, no, I I I hate where I live. Absolutely, hundred percent, thousand percent. I I could if I could live anywhere else, I would definitely choose it. <laughs> like even at the end of the day, like yes, bro. Like even though my parents were doing that um proximity rah rah stuff, yeah, I still was with my with my people. We had barbecues. The music was loud. I could do whatever I wanted in my house. Yeah, yeah. Like sure. oh, uh, I feel like an alien or a slave in my own house living in Arlington. I can't play music past a certain time. I have to respect people. I have to say good morning every time. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> but like, yo, like sometimes, you know, like white people, like, you know, I feel like 
Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of black people would agree. Is we like to mind our business. We don't. Yeah. We don't. If someone's doing something, you let them do it, and then you just keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I live in Arlington, people they don't mind their business. They're always trying to be on bat. Yeah. Oh, what are they doing? Well, let me knock on their door and tell them. <laughs> no, no, leave me. Like mind your business. Bro. <laughs> like just mind your. Like, That's the thing. Your own thing. They don't and like minding their business when it comes to out. Negroes. Exactly, and it's so annoying. Like. The reason why I cannot have a graduation party in my house is literally because of my neighbors. Because one time we had a, a little party, ten it was it was no it was barely any people. And then they come up knocking on the doors. Hey, can you guys be quiet? Like, bro, we never not you guys do do play your music or do whatever you want. And we never I've never heard any of us go knock on any of our neighbors' door. But yeah. the fact that they they're always looking at us. Every time we're in the backyard, they're looking at us like they've never seen people dance. Like, listen, <laughs> I know I have a loud family, okay? Yes, I do. But at the same time, Mind your oh, business. Mind your like, just, fucking just mind business. business, bro. I'm driving in Arlington. I see people staring at me. Bro, this is my car. I didn't steal it. Leave <laughs> me alone. And yeah. this is a completely side note, like mad side note. But yesterday when I was at work and I work with an old, older 90-year-old white woman, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's trying to see like um, if her neighbors moved out. So she's like, Dorley, go upstairs and go see if the, the neighbors moved. Go. And I'm like, what are, you, what are you asking me this for? So I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, I'm just going to go. I just did a little quick, quick peek. I went up the stairs and I went right back down. She's like, oh. Did you go up to their door and listen if they were there? I said, listen, woman, I'm black, okay? You don't go up to people's door and, and start trying to knock on their door and try to see, oh, are you moving or not? You don't ask those questions. Yeah. I was like, listen, I don't feel comfortable doing this. This is not something I grew up in. And that's when I really realized, like, you guys are so nosy. Like, why Why do you even care? <laughs> right. Like, what people when you see. Yeah, white people are so, and like, okay. Like, they're not paying your bills. They're, yeah, like, just leave us alone. And I, it's so annoying because, like, living in this neighborhood, I feel like they just don't leave me alone. We're the only black people in the neighborhood, and we are probably the loudest. Leave us alone, bro. We don't we don't want to be bothered. Yes, you know, talk to us. When we see you, say hi. That's it. Don't come. Don't, don't start knocking on our doors. Like, when they, they, they be asking about me and stuff. I'm like, yo, no, mind your business. I, I don't know. I don't know a single neighbor's name. I don't even know none of their names. They nope. probably all know mine. You nope, know, no. they're you always trying to figure Right. They always trying to say, oh, who, who are the black people on, on the street? Bro, who cares? Leave us alone. We don't ask. Like, being in a white neighborhood was one of the worst decisions my mom ever made. I tell her this all the time. <laughs> I, yeah. I always tell her this. I'm like, listen, I wish I never lived here. Because yeah. I really don't. I love, don't get me, I love having a house. Instead of, of living course, in a little apartment, I love you know having that luxury of going home to to a quiet neighborhood. But at the same time, I wish it wasn't so. Like I have no like it's, I I wish I was around more cultured people. Like it doesn't even yeah. mean race race wise. I just wish I was around what even if I was in a white neighborhood that they just minded their business and yeah. they were just more culturally competent. Yeah, because there's so there's so many white social justice warriors. They try to be like, <laughs> I'm on your side. I, no, no, you don't need no, to you're not. leave me alone. Okay, yeah. they're trying to. Like, I, I understand you, like, ah, like they're trying to be on our side and stuff. I'm like, bro, like you don't just do all that stuff. Just give me space. Just yeah. give me space. Like, like Tess, like, Tess, you, you lived in Arlington too. Is that mm-hmm. different than living where you are now? Because it's more like it's more spread out where you are now, right? Um, honestly, like it's honestly the same. Even though it's more spread out, like people are so like. So, like, people came up to our door saying, like, oh, hi, hello, like, welcome to our mm-hmm. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I was, like, starting conversations. It was just, like, I literally was, ha- I had that conversation with my dad, actually. And I was, like, 
probably like, why don't you do that to other people? And he was like, because why would I? I don't know them. <laughs> What's the point of me going up to someone's door? Exactly. Hello. Exactly. And it's just like, I mean, I guess it's like nice, but it's just at the same time, it's just like my family is just definitely more reserved. Mm-hmm. Really, we kind of mind our business. Like, we don't really go out of our ways to like talk to people. Yeah. yeah I just think it's like, even, I mean, on in Arlington, like, uh, where Dorley lives, they're definitely way more friendly. My street, no, it's, it's I, I, I didn't know any of my neighbors' names, except the one across the street, but we were friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, my street definitely minded my business, but when I moved here, they're definitely way more friendlier, for sure. Yeah. But, I don't know. No, I don't, my, Dorley's, Dorley's huh? definitely way more friendlier than mine. Like, they said hello, but, like, other than that, like, well, they'll say hello to if, us if they see us out, but other than that, they don't really make that big of a deal to talk to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My neighbors, them, they talk to us. They bring us desserts every like holiday and cards and shit like that. And you know they're not they're not too bad with the music and stuff. Cause my family, we they have parties all the time throughout the summer in the backyard, and they just blast music. But you know they're not they're not annoying about it. Like every <clears throat> once in a while, they'll be like, "Yeah, like please," but they never really they never really say much. That's probably because it's a little bit more spread out than it was mm-hmm. at, like in Burlington, but they're not too bad. Like, do you think it's low key our fault too, as well as Black people? And I'll explain. Like, so we never say hi to them. We never say good morning to them. Like, is it like when we say that we're reserved? Is it because we're reserved because we don't want to be associated with white people, or are we reserved because that's just the way Black people are? Because, yeah, like, isn't it isn't it nice know. and friendly for people to be like, hey, good morning, I'm going to bring you chocolates and stuff like that, all that <laughs> stuff, you know, happy Christmas, you know, like, I feel yeah. like it's it's in a friendly manner. I feel like we, as, me personally, I might reject it more because I'm in a white neighborhood. You mm-hmm. guys ever think, like, maybe sometimes you just can't accept white people being nice because you see it as them imposing on your privacy? I don't see it as imposing. I feel like it's just ingenuine. And nine times out of ten, they're probably not, you know, culturally aware. And it's like having to pretend, like, ignore that one thing. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like for my family, at least, I don't think it's because, like, we have anything against white people. It's just, like, my family likes their privacy. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I like my privacy, like... You'll never see anyone in my family going out, maybe other than my sister, but she's a kid, like, out of going out of their, not even my sister, going out of their way to, like, talk to people. Like, you know, like, we're not rude. Like, if someone says hi to us, we're going to say hi, like, start a little conversation. It's just, like, yeah. I don't, like, maybe answering Dorley's question, I just feel like, I don't know if it's them necessarily imposing our privacy. It's just, like, I feel like just some people just don't really... I feel like maybe we're just not the friendly neighbor. Maybe let me just say that. I don't think <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're the friendly neighbors. That's that that's valid. Honestly, I feel like race has to do something with it because I feel like okay, so my question to you guys is this. If you guys lived in the south in a black suburb and mm-hmm. everyone was being really nice, wouldn't you just accept it? You wouldn't even question it whether or not it's genuine or not because even story. yeah, exactly. So maybe race does have to, you know, has a little play in it. Maybe more than you really think because like even even my family like they'll be like, "Oh, Again, cu- cookies and this is not flaming the neighbors. <laughs> every time, every time we're at our other family's house, wow, the people here are so nice. They mm-hmm. say good morning just because they're black. 
yeah and yeah it just shows because that maybe black we're not used to that exactly black people are more comfortable with black i mean it, it, it's just what it is it is what it is. i'm just saying black people are more comfortable with black people when the black people you know come up to you and be all genuine and nice we see it as them just being genuine yeah as a white like person does that it, it always you always think dang ulterior are they motive yeah. right is there an ulterior motive how did you f- well i guess dorley was a little earlier for you you kind of went over it but how did um tesh how did you feel when you first entered a like predominantly black space like it was the first time it was <laughs> yeah that's it um oh when she met me <laughs> well i mean growing up dorley likes to say that she was like kind of my first black friend <laughs> but like i mean to be honest even though i went to white schools like i still had like i i still went to church like i had like the people who i actually hung out with as kids were like they're all black because like, uh-huh. i went to a black church i went to a haitian church like i always had like i wasn't completely deep in it Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest, like growing up, I guess Dorley was like kind of my first black, like she was my first black friend in like the school in the school system, and I don't know. I guess like when she, because I'm used to white people, like I'll be honest, like I'm really used to white people. I'm used to how white people act. Yeah, and then you know I didn't like other than like the my church friends, but my church friends also went to like predominantly white schools too. So we all acted the same. So you know, I see. Yeah, and then. Even though we had each other, even though we we're still Haitian, even though we still acted like Haitians, just at the end of the day, we still like you know we all went to white school, so it's just like we all kind of clicked with each other, so we know how to, we all like we all knew how it was, I guess in a sense. But yeah. when I when I started hanging out with like other black kids who mm-hmm. grew up in like more predominantly black schools and like just more diverse areas, it was just like I'll be honest, like I felt kind of out of place, and like sometimes to this day, I'll be honest. I'm not as bad as I used to be, but like I'm definitely more quiet. Yeah, because I feel like I really don't want to say something stupid, and then they make fun of me because <laughs> I grew up. Like I, that's so like deep, like ingrained in me. Like I'm definitely like if you see me at like black parties, like more black parties, like yeah, like me, like when I actually start going out, like like I was, the like, first black party, yeah, bro. I was so like on TikTok. I always see this trend of like when you go to your first black party, you pretend to know the lyrics. How that was me. <laughs> Like, that was me. That ass just bopping your head. No, literally. And I was just so quiet because I was so scared because I just didn't want to... I just didn't want to sound stupid, which is crazy because, like, we're all the same here. We all look the same. It's just, like, I didn't grow up with you guys. Yeah. I'm going to act different. Like, you can't change it. I am going to act a little different. Mm -hmm. And, like, I didn't want to say, like, I felt uncomfortable who sees me around them. It was just, like, I was just nervous. That's all. Nervous, yeah. I didn't know how to act. Yeah. black people are intimidating no they are and I guess I was more I was definitely intimidated because like you know I just didn't want to say anything stupid yeah for me to look dumb I was just like I don't know (laughs) it's like you had to prove you were black like blackness yeah I definitely felt like I was proving my blackness for a couple years Mm -hmm. there's a lot of proving in our community like yeah. Like if you go to a white white place and your hair is not nice or whatever, you don't give a damn. You don't really right. care. But then the moment you go in the back, oh, I gotta fix my hair. I gotta, go <laughs> gotta make you know? sure everything's everything's in order. Right. Yeah. They got work, bro. I can care less how I look. It's like a flex. You, you gotta flex. You gotta I flex. Well, I mean, that are a lot of people in our community. That's what we are grow, grew up on. It's just yeah. flexing. I mean, you, you always have to look good. You always have to be give your best impression. You know, right? It's all about being the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like literally, um, people they might not have any money, but it doesn't matter because they'll they flex to show it. that they have money. 
Mm-hmm. They need to flex it. They you you need to know that I'm better. Like that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, they have like three dollars in their checking account. It's crazy. The first thing you think isn't like, oh, another black person, more community. You think I got a flex. <laughs> no, I'm better than you. I have more money than you. I have better clothes, everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Crazy shit. How would your younger self uh feel about seeing who you've become? I think she'd be proud. Think so? I think she'd be happy. I feel like my younger self was definitely more quiet. Mm-hmm. I let a lot more shit slide. I was definitely more insecure. Yeah. I, I was so insecure as a kid. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I was very like, I was very judgmental of myself because of of like where I grew up and like looking at all my friends like the quote unquote pretty girls. Like I want to look like them, mm-hmm. and like I just didn't look like them. I'm always like you know, I was always a little bit bigger than my friends. I was always curvier because I grew up with a lot of like tiny. Mm-hmm. I girls always like the more curvier friend my hair definitely I never got a perm because my mom didn't want me to get one mm-hmm. and then <laughs> I never straightened my hair so when I was natural I was like I felt so ugly when I was natural I felt yeah like I used to like it was like I used to cry bro like going to, like going to school like I literally used to, like my mom, I used to get ready for my grandma yeah yeah and like I, <laughs> I used to cry to her like tears I was like grandma like them little four braids, bro. I'm yeah, fucking I don't want to go. I don't want to go. go. Like, grandma, they're going to make me that. And that's sad. Like, I was like, crying in the morning, like, six in the morning, like, bawling <laughs> my eyes out. Like, like trying to fix stuff. it like, and make it pretty. I was just such an insecure little girl. Like, and I was so, like, I really, I really do think, like, there's some ones I really hated myself. Like, I really hated how I looked, how I, like, everything. Yeah. And then now, I, I mean, you know. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, 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 you know, like, I still have my moments. Yeah. Like, I definitely, I, I, I can't sit here and say there was definitely growth. Like, I definitely love myself way mm-hmm. more than I did as a kid. Like, I definitely look at myself and like, you know, I am pretty. Like, I really am. Yeah. And I just think the reason I didn't think I was pretty is because like the the pretty girls didn't look like me, and the boys that I had crushes on didn't like me didn't like yep <laughs> and that was Definitely. Tough, bro. i'm not gonna lie like i was a kid like you know i maybe that's bad because i had let a boy have so much power over me but like come on like i was 10 years old i had a little crush that's that's, that's like what me. it is that's literally like, that, what it that is hurts. at that like, age that sticks with you that really does stick with you it you does know? i had like all the boys i grew up with were white i'm not gonna lie here like i did have a little white boy phase you know like i i think we all boys. did For like sure. i only saw white boys so like i actually like white boys and like mm-hmm. I don't think, like, maybe a few of them liked me back, but, like, the ones that <laughs> really liked, bro, like, they didn't like me. Because I didn't have blonde hair. I didn't have blue eyes. I, I was, have, I was yeah. a tiny. And, you know, yeah. but growing up, like, I definitely can say that I definitely love myself way more. And I'm definitely, some of the stuff that I was really insecure about, mm-hmm. I'm not insecure about anymore. My natural hair, granted, I will definitely say it's difficult to maintain my natural hair. I'll always say that till the day I die, but, like, I'm not... I do love it now. Like, I'm definitely more accepting of it. Yeah. My, like, myself, my body, like, I'm, I definitely love myself way more. So I feel like, yes, I do think my 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 younger self would definitely be proud to see where I am. Because I definitely, mentally, like, my all, all my insecurities are definitely not the same anymore. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Growth is always good. What about you, Dorley? Nah, same, bro. I used to, whew, I used to be yeah, a hater bro. back in the day. I was a huge <laughs> hater. I saw the black skins. I said I used to flame them. Nah. Colorism, man. Co- no, color- colorism topic. goes crazy. Um, nah, but yeah, growing up, um, so 
my features was something that I was I used to be insecure about like my nose um my hair is definitely one of them but it was it was those two uh and then and then my skin my dark darker skin so those three I definitely like used to be very insecure about I still am you know I have my love and hate mostly hate with my natural hair um my nose I got over it I mean I used to you know the jokes used to go crazy back in the day and I used to really like internalize that I used to want my nose to be smaller all this stuff but as you grow up you know there's just some things that you just can't change yeah and um they're not worth changing and it's not worth changing either and another thing is this is gonna sound really messed up but as I started to get more attracted by boys growing up I realized I think that kind of made me feel more yeah it helps I mean yeah yeah. I mean, yeah, like when you when you feel like desired by other people, but like, I'm not trying to say like the only reason why I love myself is because I like you know like other people find me attractive. But you know, reassurance always helps. Of course. Like you know, when you feel like you're you feel down, you're like, damn, like I'm mugs. But then someone's like, bro, what are you talking about? Like you're so you look good. Yeah. It it really it it, it does boost your confidence, and you know, as you grow up. Uh-huh. So I think younger me would be very proud. Um, yeah. I I changed a lot growing up. Like I was. Like, I'm not 100% a girly girl, but I can wear a dress without hating myself. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I can wear certain things without, like, completely hating it. When I was younger, I was considered a friend. So I was just the mm-hmm. friend that guys came to to talk to my other friends. So, yeah. like, I started to develop more of a tomboy mindset, which is why I think I still am the person I am today. But, like, you know, I started to get in- more in touch with my feminine side as I grew up. I started to lose weight. I feel like there's a lot of factors. Um mm-hmm that you like it's not just your race or like what you look like i mean it is and it's not sorry it's not just your skin color but it might be like physical appearance like your weight or stuff like that like i realized that as i started to lose more weight i not only did i did other people start to see me as more attractive but i started to see myself more attractive as well mm-hmm. which you know that's a whole different conversation but i feel like as you start to grow up you rec- you see that you can actually change the way you look in certain ways like you can you can enhance yourself let me just say that like mm-hmm. depending on your certain hairstyles or whatever the case might be like you can actually work on yourself to look better and to feel better as well and yeah. i don't think people should get you know blamed for that i feel like if someone wants to work on themselves if they want to be wear certain outfits that make them feel more confident and they make them look better then they have every right to do that you know i feel like if it yeah. stems from just simply insecurity then maybe, you know, that's a conversation that we need to talk about. But if someone is simply doing something, you know, to better themselves, better their look, because they want to do that, then they have every right to do that. And I feel like as an adult, you actually have the power to do that. Because, you know, when you're tenured, you know, when you're younger, you don't really have power of what you look like. Your mom is probably buying your clothes. She's probably doing your hair. But, like, if you really start to become an adult and you, like, you have the choice is yours, you get to present yourself the way you want to be presented. Yeah. It, It really shifts your confidence in yourself though i am proud of who i am today i'm gonna be prouder because this ain't it you know what i'm saying this for is sure one for sure but as tess was saying earlier you know like when you have people who are of the same skin color of you if, if not darker and you're always asking damn like do they even like black women like mm-hmm. you start that to hurts, like that like it really does hurt to be like to not be wanted by anyone yeah. and to know that it's because <laughs> and to black. know it's because you're black right and it's it's just like damn this is a whole different other conversation but like i heard something that like a lot of people might be hypersexual because mm-hmm. they've never been wanted before it's no true. that's a that's a that's a big thing that's very true i do right. think that's an issue like i really do 
Mm-hmm. Right. So because they've never been wanted before and now they are, it's like, whoa, like this is a whole new... Like a shock. It's like yeah. a shock. Now they have to act upon it. And, you exactly. know, some people can say that's good or bad, but it's just like... It, 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 it is how you take it. Me personally, like, mm-hmm. I still have that fear of... Like, because when, when you start to become more sexually active, it's... it's that's a whole new ball game, you know? It really is. And when I was younger, like, I still have that fear that, you know, maybe somebody might not want me for who I am. Like, maybe they just don't like me. Like, if a guy stops talking to me, it's because I'm not, I wasn't pretty enough or all yeah. this stuff. You start to internalize it because as you, when I was younger, that was the only reason why I wasn't being talked to. That's I true. was never wanted. Mm-hmm. I was always the friend. So, like, I st- you start to have, you know, you have to really be a strong person to break out of that mindset. But some things always yeah. stick with you, you yeah, know? Yeah, sure. Some, some scars will always stay on your body. Yeah. Because so, once you find someone, like, you know, it's sad to say, but, like, I feel like every girl kind of had that moment growing up. Like, when you were always, like, looked of, like, as the friend or, like, boys didn't really look at you. Like, like, other girls. And when you start getting to the age where, like, they start looking at you in that way, I feel like some girls there were definitely more lenient of things mm-hmm. like passing by, you know, and like letting some certain boys to kind of treat you in a certain way. Because yeah. Like you think I'm pretty, which is like messed up. Like definitely <laughs> don't have that mindset. I'm, I'm lying. If I'm, I guess I'm saying like, I never let that happen because like, yeah. for sure. I was never, I was never the pretty friend. Like I was really never the pretty friend. Like I was always like the fucking. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I was always like the designated. Like I was just the friend, and like, and then like the second, like when I got into high school, and I guess like, I guess I got some like male attention. I was definitely more lenient of them treating me however they wanted to treat me because it's like damn, like even though you're treating me like actual trash, you think you're still attracted to me. Yeah, you think Mm -hmm. I'm pretty. And yeah. that stuck with me because, like, I was so, like, male validation was so big for me in high school. It was very big for me when I started, like, you know, actually, like, getting, like, talking to guys, like, actually, like, having guys interested in me. Because it's just, like, I never, other than, like, my parents, my family telling me I was pretty, I yeah. never felt pretty. And, like, even, yeah. like, girls, if someone called me pretty, I didn't believe them because I never really had boys calling me pretty. I had, like, my quote-unquote friends call me pretty, but, like, I'll be honest, it hits different if a guy is calling me pretty. Because your friends lie. Friends Like, your lie. friends, like, no, yeah, they be friend, what friend is gonna tell you, yeah, you look disgusting today? Like, no, like, that's not gonna... I mean, obviously, like, the outfit and shit, but no one's outfit, gonna tell but, you but, like, that... what friend is about to say, like, your face is just not it? <laughs> like, bro, that's not a thing. Like, that's not gonna happen. And, like, you know, I never, like, boys are just not gonna say anything to you at all. So, like, yeah. you know? So, like, when I started, like, you know, <laughs> when I hit puberty in, like, high school and, like, actually, like, boys were becoming a thing for me, it's just, like you think I'm pretty, like, oh my god, like, and it's just, like, like, they can say, like, the most trash things to me, like, probably, like, the most, like, horrible things to me, mm-hmm. but the only thing that's going to my ears, nah, you're bad, though, like, you're pretty, <laughs> like, you're valid, you're, you're valid, though, like, you're valid, for, for, that's for, all I'm hearing, like, girl. going through my head, you, you know, you're valid. Like, for a nigger, it's no, <laughs> it, but it did took me a while. It took me a while to kind of understand, like you know, like definitely hear the other things that they're saying. Like, <laughs> just because they're calling you pretty means nothing. A boy can call you pretty and treat you like absolutely trash, and you need yeah. to understand. You need to know your value, and I feel like that's a lot of things that girls just have to. It's a stage that we all have to. We all have to went through. Like even though like he's calling you pretty, but like that's all he sees you as. He just sees you as a like a pretty thing. Like that's all. Like he doesn't. Uh, like he doesn't he doesn't want to get to know you he just wants to get into you that's literally what it is that's all he wants from <laughs> that's you. true that's if a boy true. genuinely like if someone like let me not say but like if someone like who you're interested in generally is interested in you 
he's like the person's going to take the time to get to know you and he's just not going to keep saying like how pretty you are like he's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna admire the other things sex like, is not a, like a, a sex, way like, to show I, that they like you no for sure i feel like like growing up like in high school like you know when you start having it's just like no like this is how like this is how i have to like for for a boy to like me like this is what i have yes yeah that's the sad part because that, that's, that's where a lot, so of, a lot of us where we went wrong and it's how a lot of us got our feelings hurt because we didn't get that because like mm-hmm. we're thinking if he doesn't like me if he like he stops saying like, he stops saying he doesn't think i'm pretty like i have to put out like i have to do something like, right to, to keep him around to keep him around it's just like that mindset right there that's where we went wrong because it's just like sex is not the only thing like if he wants to get to know you he will like he'll ask you he'll be like no i like how you present yourself like i like how you do this like i find it like interesting how you do this that's when you know someone's interested in you and that's when i feel like a lot of girls go wrong and for black girls you know who like all their lives probably were just the friend growing up and when they start you know getting you know getting into it that's how we see things and it's just like you know it definitely took me a while i'm not gonna speak with you guys but it definitely took me a while to really understand like no yes. uh-huh. or the or the type of boys that that um the type of boys are the, yeah like get attracted by light mm-hmm. oh my god uh, you start going like no, no for real. like if a boy like... that genuinely just like likes skins and he starts talking to you i'm not gonna lie and say my ego is not gonna go up i'm not gonna lie and not say it no it's the, true the, the, the first light skin that you mess with bro the first light skin you're like damn, like, damn you think i'm cute like do you guys remember um what was his name he went to burlington high oh, um, light skin no let's I... not say names oh <laughs> well, oh wait can we say names you know no say, i'll bleep it out what did you okay. say okay it was wait. Bro, oh, he was so fine. I used to that, think he was so fine. Bro. You know what that nigga said? Okay, so Jeremiah had told me that um he was on the stair. They were walking somewhere, and I was I walked past him and I said hey to Jeremiah, and then he said that he said uh, what did he say? He's just like if only she was light skinned Wow. And bro, when wow. I told him, that shit stuck with me for the rest of my life. Wow. Like I never forgot it, and I was so that's crazy. Hurt. Cause it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I actually had like a little crush on him, you know. And it's like, I think we all had our little phase. What's holding me back? No, but you know what? Another thing is, it's just like I think it's crazy. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to make this podcast into like a hate man thing, but like I'm gonna talk about it anyways. <laughs> but um, I think it's crazy. Like when they like when black men, especially, or like not even black men. Let me just say men in general. Say like, oh, like. I, I like you, but you're like the only like you're the only black girl that I like, or like, like like comments like that, and it's just mm-hmm. like they think it's like they think it's flattering, but to me, it's just like what is that even supposed to mean? Like what yeah. is that even supposed to mean? Or like the comment that he said saying like I think you're beautiful, Kev, and I think it's crazy <laughs> how he doesn't think. I know he thinks you're beautiful. He's just in denial. That's what it is. He's literally just in denial, mm-hmm. and it's just like that's crazy because it's just like why like. Why can't you see that I'm beautiful? Because you know yeah, I'm beautiful. So exactly. why do you have to put this mindset saying, like, if I was light-skinned? You're just saying that because you just don't want people to look at you in a different way. Exactly. But, like, you know, like, it's just stuff like that. that it's Horrible. Just, like, it's crazy. And, that, and then they wonder why some girls are just so, like, you know, like, to themselves. Or they're just really scared to, like, get into stuff. And it's just, like, it's stuff like that. Like, it's stuff like that why certain girls are more reserved. Because, like, they've dealt with so much, like, crazy, like, stuff, like crazy things like that it's just yeah. like i don't want like and it's scary to open up to someone and just realize oh like do you even like me right like and stuff <laughs> like that like you, right. are you like are you really like like do you really like me and it's do you just, even like, know always, who i am like you know what i'm talking about it's just like i'm always in that mindset because like growing up it's just like i've heard something like 
so many comments of boys saying like, oh no, like you're the only black girl that I like. Like you're the only black girl that I like. Da 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 da. And it's just like, bro, like, why are you saying stuff like that? Just call me pretty. Like, just say like you mess with me. Like, yeah. Why you have to like? Exactly. Exactly. It's awful. (laughs) For me, my younger self would definitely, definitely like who I am now. Like, for one, I have a core group of like black girlfriends that you know i trust and i love and it's like i know y'all are real ones you know i've definitely grown to love myself i had a lot of anxiety as a kid like i thought i was just shy no no i had anxiety up until like i still have it but it's not it's not as bad as it used to be like i'm not trembling in my boots whenever i gotta speak to somebody and i'm definitely going to love my natural hair more like i have a routine now so if i wanted to wear it in a puff I could. Do I, I, just, like I just, doing it? No, it's a lot of work. I just feel like, you know, I just feel like the reason we didn't also like ourselves is because we just didn't know how to take care of ourselves. That's really that, definitely. I didn't know how to sure. do my hair. My mom wasn't letting me get acrylics. So like, I didn't know how to dress either. <laughs> I didn't do my eyebrows. I didn't know how to do makeup. Like, I, I, th- I thought I was ugly because maybe I was a little ugly because I didn't know how to take care of myself. <laughs> I, you know? the I always say that. <laughs> I was not the cutest little middle schooler. My I'm mom was buying my clothes. You think my mom was buying me some booty shorts, biker shorts? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, exactly. That's what it was. You just grow. When you start making your own money and you start growing into yourself you know what you like and then once you start doing accordingly like doing your hair the way you like to do it then you know you'll feel yourself getting prettier like you just that's what it is exactly exactly yeah and my body I was so I started developing in like the fourth grade fourth grade I had like wow I don't know you know the titties started coming in you know girl that was me fifth grade bro hair and all that no literally (laughs) and I remember hating myself because I'm like my stomach is flat, but my my thighs are huge, and I hate it. I have boobs. Like I have to wear a bra, bro. I was the first girl in fifth grade to get a bra. All of them got bras in yep. like seventh grade, and I was like, damn, like yeah. I feel like an old lady. Like why am I wearing a bra? Like, none of my <laughs> friends are wearing bras. Like why am I like mm-hmm. why am I bigger? Like why do I look like this? Like and it's it just was... like, girl, you're just going through puberty. Like you can't blink. You can't control that. You really can't control puberty. So did like, your mom like, talk to you about puberty? My mom gave me a book and called it a day. No, honestly, I don't know if we necessarily like had a talk about puberty. The only talk mm-hmm. she really gave me is just like I, I don't I, I don't know, Kev, if you could agree with me because you were a church girl growing up, but like I always had a talk of like because especially for church, she always told me like you need to dress this way. She always like looked at me. Um, she always um was very strict about what I wore. Yes, to, yeah, to church or not even just to church, but like just places in general because like of my body because like I've definitely. Yep. Like, I'm not, I, 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 my body is definitely more curvier. Like, I'm very curvy. And, like, shorts okay. have to touch my knee always. I you know, all, oh my God, the, the skirt test. Oh my God, don't even get me started. And, like, you know, I was definitely more curvier than most girls I grew up with. And, like, the t- so clothing was, you know, a little bit more tighter on me. And, like, my body definitely showed, even if I didn't want it to. Mm-hmm. And I always got the talk of where, like, you have to dress this way because you don't want people to look any that way. And, like, growing up, I was like, okay, I always just thought she was annoying. Like, okay, mommy, like, okay, okay, okay. But, like, growing up, I really, like, and hearing other girls talk about their experiences, I really started thinking about it. I was just like, so why do you want me to dress this way for other people not to look at me? And I thought about, like, don't you think that other people are the problem? Yeah, exactly. I always like, said that to people. Like, you know how, like, oh, you have to, like, when someone's coming over, you have to dress this way. Da, da, da. I was like, why mm-hmm. are you letting someone in the house if you're afraid of them looking at your, like, what, 10-year-old daughter, like, your minor daughter in that way? And I feel like that's a really exactly. big issue for black exactly. people. And they always do that, but no one likes to talk about it because the and woman it's has grown- to 
men. It's always men. the grown men. And so, like, I think it's a big issue. And I always say that. I always say that. I'm just like, why are you you're making your daughter, like, your minor daughter mm-hmm. change? For, like, and that's because older people are coming they, over. Yeah, they grew up with that, too. So they assume, no, they like, that's, that's, that's just the way it is. And they have and to I deal with like, it. And we don't. We don't have I, to deal with it. And I feel like playing devil's advocate is just like, oh, like, you, you have to, like, you know, you can't, you have to dress a certain way. Like, you don't want anything showing. I mean, granted, like, I'm not going to let my my teenage daughter wear whatever, like, you know. But yeah. at the same time, it's just, like, some things, that's crazy. Like, just because I'm wearing a tank top, like, yeah. I have to go change. There's, like, it's, like, they do overly conservative like the, long very skirts, overly long conservative shirts like because they don't want men looking you that way and it's just mm-hmm. like do you think i'm the problem or and it's going to show men? no matter what's going to show you're going to look the way you are mm-hmm. you might as well accept it <laughs> no that's what i'm saying like work if on you have a body you have a body and sometimes clothing you know you can't hide your body sometimes that's mm-hmm. what i can say like i see very growing up i used to see like i grew up with a lot of very curvy women and i used to think it was hilarious them trying to wear some clothes. Yeah. And it's just like, bro, like, at the end of the day, you can wear a big skirt. Your butt's still going to show, Sherry Dudu. Like, your, exactly. your butt's going to show. Your boobs are, like, you feel have big boobs. They're still going to show. Like, exactly. You know, like, what can, they, you can't, like, what can they do to change that? And I used to think that was so annoying growing up in the church. It's just like, that's so, like, the girls are not the problem here. It's the old, it's the men that's the problem. But exactly. that is a different conversation <laughs> for another time. So. That is a whole other conversation, conversation. too. We don't have to get on we don't we don't have to get on that. But you know. Yeah. But um, you know, this was a great conversation. It's getting a little late. I'm gonna have to cut it right here. But thank you so much for joining me. It was such a fun conversation. I know we talk about this this stuff all the time, Our but it's hour. nice to finally get it on on a recording, you know. The money on the block. I mean, let's not be zero R L E five. We're very educated black women. Guys, very so educated. Ignore what Dorley just said. <laughs> oh, so it's ghetto to shout out my snap. No, <laughs> not at all. Let me not say that. It's not ghetto at all. Right. Right. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>